Welcome to the Radically Christian Crosstalk Podcast, Season 2, Episode 20. I'm your host, Wes McAdams. Today's episode is a discussion that I recently had with my co-hosts, James Sumners and Sam Dominguez, about the Day of Judgment. The Crosstalk Podcast is not a sermon, a Bible class, or even a formal Bible study. It's simply a spiritual conversation among friends that we hope will inspire you to have similar conversations with people in your life. And now let's jump right into that discussion. Recently, um, I've talked about um, how we don't know that we have tomorrow with my daughter. Mm. And she's like, well, Daddy, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I was like, well, how do you know? I mean, we don't know that we're going to make it to tomorrow. And, and we've talked to that about that over and over again. He's a six-year-old. You know, it's like, well, that, it happens every day. I mean, to a certain degree, we can comprehend. Well, that's how we all think. Um, but when a six-year-old says it, it sounds a little bit less reasonable. But, but that's something that we talk about from time to time, trying to remind her that we have to live and choose to do what's right today because we don't know what what's coming tomorrow. Was it was it G.K. Chesterton that said uh, that perhaps God is is eternally young or something like that? That uh, you know, like with, with a with a kid that when you throw him up in the air and the kid says again, 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 and he never gets tired of you throwing him up in the air. That perhaps God is eternally youthful and that the sun comes up every morning because God says, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. And we think that the world is just stuck in this, you know, perpetual thing and that eventually God will stop it. But but Chesterton was making the point that perhaps all things continue to go. And I think, you know, there's even some scriptural, you know, maybe not proof for that, but Hebrews chapter one says that, uh, that all things exist because of the word of his power, which means the the his his command basically, and so basically, you know, Jesus commands all things to to happen the way that they happen to 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 continue to go on. So the sun comes up, why? Because Jesus tells it to. The the tide rolls in, why? Because Jesus tells it to. And we try to give all of these natural explanations for everything because we are very science minded. Um, and and that's not to say that the science isn't real, but but it happens the way that it happens. The science happens the way that it happens because Jesus tells it to. And eventually there will come a day where he will stop telling it to and that the worlds and the heavens will dissolve. Well, I, mean, I, I think that's always been in the back of my mind. Why Why this? The idea of, of a world put in motion, a universe put in motion that then God has walked away from, which you know is a, a perspective that some people uh, incorrectly have. Uh, has never been plausible to my mind because every day is in accordance with God's will that it happen, you know, and and we don't know, you know, does every day come about where God makes a decision, is today the day, or does he have a date in mind? You know, we, we don't know those kinds of things. But we do know that each day takes place the way that it does because God wills that that it will happen that way. And that even the natural forces that have been put in motion without the power of God behind them would cease to function. You know, nature is not a power that God once started doesn't he can control it, but he's not driving it. No, he is driving. He's driving every aspect of it. Uh, you know that that's funny that you're talking to your daughter about how we're not guaranteed tomorrow, while with slightly younger children, you end up doing the exact opposite especially with kids who are afraid to go to sleep and you know that they they go through a phase where they don't want to go to sleep because they don't know 
that tomorrow will be there. Will mommy and daddy be there? And, you know, all that. And you have to convince them. No, 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 no. It's every, you can go to sleep. We'll all be here in the morning and we'll do all this again. And we, we hammer this routine into their heads. And then at a certain point we say, okay, now everything I've been teaching you, let's toss that out the window because yeah, there is a possibility that, you know, and you know, we look at those, those old, you know, childish uh, sayings and even, you know, now I lay me down to sleep and and so on. And we're like, oh, what a horrible thought to instill in your children. But yeah, it was a truthful thought and there, there could be value to that. I mean, that's, that's, that's the difficult thing about faith is that we have to learn how to one live in this world and which means to a certain extent making plans and uh, being prepared for the next day uh, but at the same time also not being arrogant and and proud because that's what um, that's what James seems to indicate that when you when you don't say if the Lord wills there will be a tomorrow and I'll do this and that then you're being arrogant you're assuming you know and you don't know um, how much we assume that we know uh, but but to keep that in mind where we plan for tomorrow but that we do it, uh, very hesitantly, very humbly, where we say, you know, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow may be may be the end of time. Tomorrow may be the day I die, or whatever the case may be. But um, but to 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 continue to live in this world, to continue to work hard, to continue to save for the future, to continue to be prepared for things that might come, uh, but at the same time. Also, you know, it, it's it's both of those analogies and both of those stories we tell to our children. We've got to keep both in mind at the at the same time. It reminds me of of Paul, you know, discussing uh, to die is gain, and, and you know, we always think about that, and we don't really emphasize the to live is Christ aspect of what he's talking about. And you know, we we tend to look at what James said and, and say, well, that's uh, we almost turn it into some kind of a catechism, like it's a magic word we're we're casting over. And it's like, well, if I remember to say if God's will mm-hmm. before I say I'm going on a trip or something, mm-hmm. well, that means I'll, I'll be granted that trip or, or something along those lines. You know, r- rather than recognizing it as an attitude that we carry with us, you know. But we we so often don't look at at the rest of our lives, which are not guaranteed, as being an opportunity to live for Christ, as being an opportunity to serve Him, and that all these decisions we make, the financial decisions, the planning and everything, has to be done with an eye toward to live as Christ. And for a lot of us, we get so caught up in the idea of to die as gain, that then we don't, we don't emphasize to live as Christ, and, and we, we almost get to a point where if we say, you know, I did all of this planning, and I lived right, and 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 I have that. I, I left an inheritance to my children's children, and all this wisdom and everything. And then the Lord came tomorrow, and all of that was what we would think something like wasted. Mm-hmm. And so we, we 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 just get these things completely out of skew in our mind, where we either need a guarantee that our life isn't going to be wasted. Or we need the freedom to act in a, an almost nihilistic way because, well, to die is gain, rather than viewing them equally in hand that, well, if I die tomorrow, that will be great gain. And if I live out another hundred years, that's an opportunity to live for Christ, and I will do every effort that I have in, in the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's like we want to pick sometimes between the two, the idea that I need to to live, uh, for example, um, what Paul talks to the Thessalonians about how you you don't need to just wait for him to come. You got you still got to be busy. Those who don't work don't eat. If you, I mean, you've got to be responsible and take care of um, take care of your responsibilities and live in this life until he does come. Um, but then, 
we sometimes we focus on that and then on sometimes we focus on the other end where we're like well but we don't want to we don't want to put so much into this life that it is uh, it becomes of too much value to us more value than of of heaven and and i think we do need to understand that this life is valuable god did not give us this life as a as a junk offering as a as a i mean it's a gift in a sense a gift an opportunity uh, an uh, opportunity to see the things that the angels desire to look into we have with us uh, christ and we have we have the the we have the gospel now that was not known before we have opportunity to live every day in service of our god and and that is a glory and that is something that we should we should recognize that this life is a blessing but it is not greater a greater blessing than the the life to come. Mm-hmm. It is something to to not treasure up, not to store up, but to recognize that it does have its value. But at the same time, the treasure that we want to lay up is the treasure that will be laid up for eternity in heaven. And and we we struggle with the dichotomy between those two things, where we we have a struggle with recognizing the value of living a life for Christ and not storing up things here at the same time and then living that same life for Christ and storing it up in heaven. We, we, we really struggle with the idea of those two separate things. Well, and I think that, that it's interesting when you, when you consider the biblical way, and this is something we've, the three of us have been talking about recently, but when you consider the biblical way that the day of the Lord is talked about in Scripture, especially in Old Testament Scripture, that that the day of the Lord was the day that the that the Messiah would set up his kingdom, that uh, that the day of the Lord is the day the nations would be judged, um, and, and then then we look at it and we think, well, the Messiah set up his kingdom, Jesus set up his kingdom, but uh, the nations haven't been judged, have they? You know, we're still waiting for the nations to be judged. We're still waiting for the wicked to be judged. Um, I think that if we understood that that we are it's like sam you've been saying this a lot lately that we are we're in the day of the lord we are in the as peter began his sermon on the day of pentecost these are the last days this is the time of judgment where god is separating the sheep from the goats he is separating um those who are being saved from those who are being lost and and that's another phrase that we talk about a lot is we talk about saved past tense i was saved i was saved when i was baptized well there is a sense in which I was saved when I was baptized, but there's another sense that the New Testament uses to say I'm being saved. I'm in the process of being saved because this is the time of judgment. This is the time of salvation. This whole time period from the day of Pentecost until the final, the end of it, um, this is the day of salvation and the day of judgment for those that are outside of Christ. We have a tendency to look at everything as uh, you know just pinpoints of time uh, rather than considering them as... Uh, what eras mm-hmm. or or just uh, periods you know uh, because we we think about well uh, you know I was saved when and we we lock it down to the, that moment we went in the water uh, and and we we fail to consider the ramifications of being saved that mm-hmm. every day I am saved from my sins because of what Christ did and then in terms of judgment we have a tendency to, to make it a pinpoint of time and we kick it way off in the future it's you know it's that the day of the lord's going to come the day of judgment is going to come and it's way off in the future sometime and we inevitably end up treating that as an opportunity to procrastinate you mm-hmm. know and and that's how we end up trying to have the arrogance to guarantee ourselves tomorrow it's mm-hmm. well you know the, yeah god's going to judge me at some point in the future and so i've got time to sort things out and deal with things you know rather than recognizing that w- this 
is the day of judgment. We are in the day of judgment because we're not guaranteed any of that future time. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, not guaranteed the next moment. Any silly thing could happen. And yet we act as though we are not currently being judged by our actions. We are not currently being separated, whether we are in the kingdom or out of the kingdom, and yet we are. And it's not going to be just a day way off in the future where all of a sudden all of our stuff is weighed for us and against us. It's mm-hmm. right now we have that opportunity. We have to make that choice, and we're choosing which camp we're going to be in. Well, and think about the phrases that, that the New Testament uses, like make your calling and election sure and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It means that we, we've got to be living as God's holy people right now, and that means we have to be proving with our life, with the fruit of our life, that we are the kingdom of God. And if we prove unfruitful, well, then we'll be cut off. We are not the people of God, that we have proven that our calling and election is not sure. Uh, But if our life is full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, well, then the Spirit lives in us and he is producing that fruit and we have proven ourselves to be the people of God. And so, we we think it's like well I, I need to get baptized before I die and I need to you know make sure that I've 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 taken care of all those last things before I die or before Jesus comes back because Jesus could come back right now it's like no no. no. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. Every moment that you have is is just a part of that time period, that time period of judgment of saying, are you on Jesus' side or are you on the side of the world? And everything that we do and fail to do is either proof that we are the people of God, the holy people of God, or proof that we're not the holy people of God. It's like the both the commission and, and the uh, 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 Joshua's um, um, farewell addressed to the people um god tells him be courageous in other words trust in me i've already delivered it into your hands be courageous move forward and and trust in me and then in the end he tells he tells the people choose today who you will serve and because if you if you serve god blessing and glory and honor and everything is laid before you if you don't all curses that have been given they'll come true and they do everything follows through we have that full example to to look back and and see but but the fact of the matter is we have to choose today and every day we have to choose whom we will serve and and in the middle of the day when you when you come to an understanding that you were serving yourself or you're serving someone other than god anyway it's that time every moment that we have we we need to stop and say i'm going to choose to serve god i'm going to choose to serve god above my own ambition above my own desires above my own pleasures above everything else i will serve him and i will choose to follow him you know we even sing a hymn uh you know today is the day of salvation and and we when even when we sing it it's like we're singing the truth but we almost always use it as an invitation song, and what we're saying is today is an opportunity for you to respond to the invitation, which which is true. But even then, we tend to cast it in these moments in time. You know, today is your chance to respond, rather than than singing more truthfully, proclaiming that we are now in the time of salvation. the The Messiah has come and established His kingdom. The kingdom has been opened to the Gentiles, to all nations, all lands, all peoples. Today is the time. We are now in the era of having access to God's kingdom. 
and yet we we tend to just isolate things down into into these moments of time you know it, it reminds me of like historically speaking if you had a king and your you know house or, or whatever would would be pledging allegiance to or, or if one king was pledging uh, uh, allegiance to another king and different things like that the it wouldn't be a, a daily thing it wouldn't be yes i have pledged myself to to you as my king and tomorrow i may make a different decision and the day after that well maybe i'll come you know you know the the idea is i have pledged for you to be my king in perpetuity mm-hmm and for a lot of us, you know, we, we don't live under a king here in America, and, and, and a lot of nations don't understand the, the mindset of kingship. And so we don't come to God with the idea of kingship. And we don't understand that when, when we act on the day of salvation, we pledge ourselves to him, that is you foregoing making the decision again. You know, it's every day we choose to, to stand up and fulfill the obligation we've already made, like James was talking about. You know, it's it's. But we we want to get up and want to and want to make the decision anew mm-hmm. to give ourselves that opportunity to mm-hmm. give ourselves that edge way to squeeze out somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always it's funny when I think about this topic. Is most my, most of my life, I I thought of, um, I guess the day of salvation, the day of Christ's return, as if as if that would be in the morning. So tomorrow morning, it's not going to be today because it's 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 today. You know, it's like it's, <laughs> I've, I've at least got the I've rest of least, the day. You know, I've got at least the rest of the day, and it'll happen in the morning. And and to to some degree, that may be true to, for somebody, but I don't know if that's going to be my morning or someone else's morning. Uh, but but that's and that's an immature and my immature understanding of it. You know, that's uh, when I think about it and. I, Every now and then, that that thought pops back into my head. It's like, no, no, that's not right. I don't have until the evening. I don't have uh, after I wake up from sleep. I have right now to get myself right with God because I don't know if I have anything past right now. But even if even if we knew that, and I think that that's what what we have a hard time because we we only think chronologically. The Greeks had two different, and most Eastern cultures have two different ways of thinking about time. They understand chronology as we do, but they also understand a time period and, like you said, an era. And they think more in that way than we do. And so what I've heard before is that people like in Eastern cultures that will be telling a story, they'll just tell you parts of the story. And then like a Westerner will say, well, wait, did that happen before that happened or after that happened? And they'll look at you like, what difference does that make? It happened. What difference does it make? What order it happened? And we think we think everything in order. Whereas if we thought, you know, if I knew Jesus was going to come back 200 years from now, if, if the world has 200 years, what would that do for me? What would that do to me? Would I become lax in my obedience? I shouldn't be because this is the day of judgment. I am proving today whether I'm on Jesus' side or not. And faithfulness means I get up and I faithfully obey my Lord. And and I am being judged for what I do today. My my obedience or my lack of obedience today is, is evidence for or against my discipleship. And so sometimes we 
we think, well, it does, it's not, we're not saved by, by works, Wes. We're saved by, by faith, through, by, by grace, through faith. Absolutely. But that's what faith is. Faith is loyalty. And it's saying, I am loyal to Jesus, and I'm going to live a Jesus life. And I am gracefully saved because I live a Jesus life. And that looks like the separation between the sheep and the goats, you know? And he says, look, I was in prison, and you visited me. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was sick. And, you know, and they say, well, when did we do that? Well, as you did it to all of these, you did it to me. And to the, the ghost, he says the opposite. And, and so today is the day of judgment. I am proving either by my loyalty or my disloyalty whether I am a Jesus person, a Jesus disciple, or I'm not. Yeah, and that's that's why Jesus said, you know, that there will come a time soon when the true worshipers of God will worship in spirit and in truth. And when the kingdom was established with power, that was that time. Now we worship in spirit and in truth. And so that's why, to the Christian, the when of Jesus' coming doesn't matter in any way except hurry, mm-hmm. because I desire it. Mm-hmm. Because if we had the mindset, if we had the attitude of, oh, Jesus is coming next Thursday, well, then I'll get on his team come Wednesday. That right there, boom, we would be judging ourselves right out of the kingdom. Right, that, that, we would that be, is a judgment, yeah. We would be demonstrating that we do not have the Spirit of Christ. We don't have that desire to serve him because of who he is and what he did. If you are actually convicted by the truth about Jesus Christ, then if you were told, and he's coming on Thursday, you'd say, but here is water, what prevents me from being baptized? I don't care about Thursday. I want to be with Jesus now. I want to be on his team now. I want to enter the kingdom now. You can't hold me back. And if we have that attitude, that mindset of, oh, if I only knew, we're revealing right there that our character is wrong, our spirit is wrong. And and don't you think that there's a sense in which, and, and I need to go back and read the text, but so this is just off the top of my head, but um, but isn't there a sense in which when Jesus talked about like the virgins that, that were prepared and those that were unprepared, that it, it wasn't just the second coming in mind there. It was it was his first coming in mind because it, it was the Jews who were not prepared for the Messiah to arrive, that, that there were some, there was a remnant of Israel who was prepared for him to come. And when he showed up, when the bridegroom showed up, he found many unprepared. And for them, that was the day of judgment. Now, that's not to say that that everybody is judged immediately upon their death and there's not a day of resurrection. There is a day of resurrection. There is a, chronologically, there is a day of resurrection. There is a day when the Lord will return and the earth will end and all of these things. But today is my day of judgment. Jesus has shown up. He's already revealed himself. It, all of the mystery has been revealed. It, it's just whether you're or not you're on Jesus' side. That's The judgment comes down to, are you with Jesus or are you not with Jesus? And the the people that are with Jesus, it looks like they love God and they love others, and they are children of God through faith in Jesus. Otherwise, if you're not those things, you're not a child of Jesus. And so the judgment is happening right now. I've already been given all of the secrets. All I have to do is obey. All I have to do is listen to his voice and be his sheep and follow him. Uh, and it's not it's not about having to know when that final judgment is, because this is right now. My 72 years, if that's how many I have, that's my time of judgment. And I get to prove whether or not I'm with Jesus or I'm against him. What it brings to my mind is the parable of the workers. You know, and we, with our chronological thinking, our our dependence on on valuing time in terms of quantity, you know, we we are those people. That, but but I've been working for you this whole time, and you let this guy in at the last second, and 
that it, our mindset is just <laughs> right. so wrong. Right. Our mindset is so wrong mm-hmm. because every day is an opportunity to live for Christ, mm-hmm. and if there is no tomorrow, to die is gain. We mm-hmm. we have both opportunities are the best opportunities no matter what happens to mm-hmm. us yeah and we still think about the, like like it's a matter of weighing them are you are you are you more bad than good you know okay what have you done that, that's not what we're saying at all what we're saying is are you a disciple of jesus or not that's what it's going to come down to and jesus is going to know whether or not you're his disciple and that starts in the heart and then it, it works itself out in in the fruit of our life you know so many times we've talked about this in the past of, of the 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 idea of how much do I have to do and that's what we're mm-hmm. like how far do I have to go or or in the reverse sometimes how far is too far and uh, but but in the sense of like well what exactly because that's like if we knew Thursday that Jesus was coming back it was like okay well so as long as it like like eleven fifty nine p.m. on Wednesday I know that if I'm baptized by then then I'll be okay. Because I know that it'll still be Wednesday. I mean, and that's that—that's that. The wrong attitude is—is—is is, is thinking how how little do I need to do instead of think how how amazing and awesome and glor, uh, glorious is my God, and what can I do to to glorify Him and bring others with me along this life? Because that's the part of that makes to live a gain is that I get to bring others with me. To otherwise. Life, life is meaningless. I mean, what is what is uh, that James says is uh, pure and undefiled religion? It's to take care of widows and orphans. And why is it that 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 they need to be taken care of? Well, I mean, is this life important? Well, obviously it is because if widows and orphans need to be taken care of, then this life is important that enough that we need to take care of people in this life. Then we need to show them the love of, of God in this life. So who are those people? Well, they're, they're innocent people, people who, who don't have someone to look out for them. Well, I mean, that in a, in a metaphorical sense is all of mankind. All of mankind, to a certain degree, needs somebody to look out for them and say, hey, look, look, you don't know the truth. Come come along with me. That is that is the glory of living. Is not It's not what I get to do in this life as far as working and accumulating and, and seeing the, the, the wonders of creation. It's the glory of bringing others along with us to, to join our Savior in heaven. If they're at the very least of what makes this life valuable, every day is another day that extends God's patience and his desire that all men be saved. Mm-hmm. And and for those of us who get caught up in the idea of, do I want the Lord to come now? Yes, I do. But every minute here is a blessing because it extends God's patience to my fellow man and I need to love and cherish my fellow man so that I seek to bring them into the kingdom before that time, because now is the time. I don't know what I have. I don't know the time that he or she may have. Now is the time to try and bring people into the kingdom, because at some point, at some point, God's patience will end. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny that we tend to think about it in chronological terms because when that time comes, time ceases. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the end of it all, you know, and certain actions take place, and if you're not in the kingdom at that point, it is too late mm-hmm. at that point. And yet, for some reason, we we don't act out of urgency. Mm-hmm. 
where is the urgency? What and and it's not an urgency out of fear of the judgment. That's that's the beauty of Christianity. We're not acting out of fear of judgment, but we should be acting in the urgency of love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like there's music playing, and and you know that when the music stops, that. You, whatever space you're on you're everybody's moving around these spaces on the floor and and when the music stops some people are going to be cast out and some people are not going to be cast out well the music stops and the 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 mc announces okay everybody that's on a red square wins everybody that's on any other square loses now i'll give you a little bit of time to see which square you're on but i've already told you whoever's on a red square wins whoever's on any other square loses see where you are and, and, and then we'll go from there. And, and then we'll, we'll cast out those that aren't on the red squares. And then he waits. And he waits. And he waits. And he allows us to move so that we can get onto the red square. And that's the time period that we're in now. The music has stopped. The, everything has been revealed. The answer has been given. I mean, you know where you're supposed to be. And, and he's being patient to say, okay, no, 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 it's okay. Move over to the red square right now. Do it right now because it, it, I, I'm, going, I'm about to, at any moment now, I'm going to tell you, okay, now I'm casting out and I'm taking home. And, and now is that time where it's already been revealed. There's no mystery anymore. It's, everything has been shown to us. If you're in Christ Jesus and you're fruitfully living for him, you're good. You're saved. You're, you're part of the kingdom of God. You have nothing to worry about in this life or the next. And if you're not, get in the kingdom of God. What are you waiting for? And it's like, but we're so caught up in the game that we're playing. It's like, wait, no. And even people that know the answer, they know, they know that it's about living faithful to Jesus. And yet they still continue to play around with all the the sin and the, the, the nonsense of the world. And it's like, stop it. Come out of them. It's already been revealed. Everybody is being judged right this minute, right this second. And th- there's going to be a day where everybody's going to be separated and it's over and it's, it's coming to pass right now. This is it. You know, I, th- I think a lot of people uh, from a worldly perspective see the uh, hidden coming of Christ as an unfair thing, that God's pulling some kind of a gotcha game in which he is then going to revel in having caught all these people unawares. And it, that is the furthest thing from the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, no one should be surprised at the coming right. of the Lord. Right. You know, because everything has been made ready. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the kingdom, the coming of the Lord, you're not going to know when it's going to come, but it's not a surprise when it happens because right. you're not being caught off guard. You're not being caught unprepared because this is the thing you have been living for. You know, I was I was trying to visualize that, that game you just created in your mind where we're all playing, uh, you know, red squares on the floor and whatnot. That's my weird and I was, brain. I was just thinking of, at first I thought you were going for like musical chairs, but then it was red squares on the floor. I thought, okay. But it, it made me consider musical chairs where when the music stops, everybody dives for the chair. Right. But the beauty of it is we already have our place secure. Mm-hmm. We have the promise. And if we actually love our fellow man, then the opportunity is to say, come here, come sit here with me. Mm-hmm. Come, stand on my shoulders. We can both be in this space together. And a lot of times our attitude is to kind of put our arms out and say, hey, I got here first. Mm-hmm. I got here first. No, no, I've this red square is mine. Mm-hmm. You can't get in here. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, brother, come here, stand on my shoulders. We can be in this space. Mm-hmm. 
we can make this work. We can get you into the kingdom. Right. And that's why I didn't use musical chairs because that was the first thought that came to my <laughs> mind too. But that, that would that would imply that there's a limited space, that there's one right. less chair than there are people. And that's not the way that it is. There's plenty of room for everybody. The ark is big enough for everybody. And isn't that amazing? It's it's not like the days, in a way it is like the days of Noah. Uh, in a way it's not like the days of Noah because the, the ark has already been set up for 2,000 years. Here's the ark. And we've been standing here on the ark for 2,000 years, again, we think, well, Wes, you're not 2,000 years old. No, 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 no. The church as a single entity has been standing here on the deck of the ark saying, hey, 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 world, come over here. This is your salvation. This is your day of salvation. And they say, no thanks. By saying no thanks, by rejecting the cornerstone, by rejecting Jesus, however, whatever metaphor you want to put that in, they are rejecting their salvation and they are they are judging themselves. And so the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of Jesus' day, they brought judgment upon themselves. They brought judgment on Jerusalem. They brought judgment on Israel. They brought judgment upon themselves eternally because they rejected the ark. They rejected Jesus. They rejected God's way of salvation. And and here we are for 2,000 years saying, okay, the, the flood water is here. It's coming. I mean, it's not just coming. It is rising. And, and we're pleading with you. There's plenty of room for everybody in the kingdom of God. He's prepared a way for you. It doesn't matter what you've done before. It doesn't matter who you are. Come into the kingdom. Live this way. Um, but but then but then we've got Christians that are jumping overboard, you know, and that are trying to play in the water and on the ark. And it's like, no, 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 stop. You're, you're proving who you're with. Are, are you are you on the ark or are you with the world? And and that's why John says, if you want to be a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't have a one foot on and one foot off. I'm full of metaphors today. I'm yeah, sorry. Wes, hold hold my place in line for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Right. I'll get on it right at the last minute. It's like, no, this is the last minute. It's been the last minute. We're living in the last minute. It's like uh, Jonah. The uh, uh, What God says to Jonah at the end, it's like you, what you were saying earlier about God being, I mean, the world looks at God as if uh, as if this, if all of this is true and he's going to come and, and judge us um, and does judge us and uh, and whatnot, that, that he is unloving, he is unkind. But the story of Jonah says, look at all these people. Look at all these people. They don't even know their right hand from their left. Why should I, who created them, not be concerned about these people who don't know the truth? I brought you here to tell them the truth so that they will know it. And then we are often like Jonah, and we've talked about that before, where we don't we don't want to give them that space to come in. We don't want to give them that opportunity to come into the the kingdom. But God says the kingdom is for everyone. It's even for these these Ninevites who who uh, kill my people and and have no respect for me. But I've come to judge them, and I've told them, and they change their ways. And so yes, they can come into the kingdom because they they honor and love me. And, and, and that's exactly what we're saying is the time the time is now the time has come you know judgment is at hand live in such a way that you can be like the Ninevites and not be judged by the the Ninevites and their change but but be be like them and repent and and, and come to know God and follow him and do uh, live lives like they did yeah, but we we have to recognize you know the for those of us who are in the kingdom who have who have been uh, convinced by Christ and have put him on in baptism, 
the other aspect of this being the day of the Lord means that every day is a day that we live kingdom life. You know, that's the work out your own salvation. We produce the fruit of the Spirit. If we're not doing those things, then we may have muscled our way onto a red square, and then we've wandered right back off of it. That's that's Jesus' parable of the wedding feast, isn't it? I mean, he yes. shows up and he says, no, you might be here at the feast, but you're not wearing the right clothes. You're not really one of mine. A big thanks to my co-host and to Cameron McElgay, who helps make this show possible. If you enjoyed the Crosstalk podcast, please consider sharing it with others and leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. As always, we want you to know that we love you, God loves you, and we hope that you have a wonderful day. Thank you.